Hi, everybody. Thank you for welcoming us into your home. We're looking again at uh, this study that we've been doing, and we've been titling it, I Used to Think, But Now I Know. And uh, some of it comes from comments or quotes from Bob Goff's book, Love Does. And the quote that caught my attention that I want to talk about this week is this. I used to think I could learn about Jesus by studying him. Now I know God doesn't want stalkers. Two of the most challenging verses in Scripture come to mind that are kind of prompted for me from the quote that I just gave you. And they're from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 26 to 27. They're at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is concluding all of his sayings about what it means to be kingdom of God people. And he's given us a, a number of principles to live by. But then at the end, he says this, and I think they're two of the, the, the most challenging verses in Scripture. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Let's pray. So, Lord, we pay attention to your word, and we draw our hearts and our minds to think about what you're saying to us in these passages of Scripture. Lord, we pray that you would help us so that we build a solid foundation in our lives, that we not only think about what you've said and not only hear what you've said, but that we would put in practice what you've said for us to do. Lord, uh, help us to guard ourselves against procrastination and against being overwhelmed with information and against just laziness in, in not doing what you have asked us to do. So Lord, I pray that you would help us as we look at your word, speak to our hearts, challenge us, motivate us, help us, Lord, to be kingdom people. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, the passage of scripture that we're reading is really part of a analogy that Jesus is using. He talks about a wise man who builds his house upon the rock, foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Uh, everything's fine until the storm comes, until the rain comes. But when the rain comes on the house that's built on the sand, it falls with a crash. The house that's built on the rock stands firm. I, perhaps you all are familiar with that analogy that Jesus is using here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. But the fact is, Storms are a fact of life. Either you have just come through a storm in your life, or you're going through a storm in your life, or this next year you're going to encounter a storm in your life. It seems as if storms are around every corner. Uh, that is a fact of life. Uh, studying Jesus does not prepare us for the rainy day and the storms. Uh, in other words, what Bob Goff is saying is that he doesn't simply want stalkers he wants people who follow, who participate, who, who actually do what Jesus was asking us to do. It's only when we put in practice what Jesus says that we're really safe, that we're building the foundation of our lives upon a rock for the stormy day, for the rainy day. The Sermon on the Mount is written very much like an ancient contract. Uh, ancient contracts were written 
And uh, near the end of the contract, there would be, they would be concluded with curses and blessings. In other words, if you don't abide by the contract, if you don't keep up your end of the deal, bad things will happen. And there were often overtones that, uh, that gods would be involved in causing these bad things to happen to you. But if you did do and followed through on what the contract was stating, then good things would happen. Well, Jesus includes four warnings in chapter 7, the end of the Sermon on the Mount, regarding us following through in uh, doing what he's asked us to do regarding the principles of the kingdom. The first warning is that he says, uh, you must enter through the narrow gate. That's in verses 13 to 14. Now, it's a hard route to go through the narrow gate, but the wide gate leads to destruction. Secondly, in verses 15 to 20, he says that we need to watch out for false believers on this journey. Uh, Good trees, he says, bear good fruit, but bad trees get thrown into the fire. The third warning that Jesus gives in chapter 7 is found in verses 21 to 23. He says, it's not what you say, but what you do that counts. This is that familiar passage of scripture where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So there'll be many who say, Lord, Lord, and when they get to heaven, Jesus will say, away from me, you evildoers, because they haven't done what Jesus said for them to do. Now, this last warning is about what you hear, you must also do, and that's found in verses 24 to 27, and uh, is part of that imagery of the house that's built on the rock or the house that's built on the sand. Uh, When we are talking about the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus wants us to both hear and to do it. Some of the things that he mentions in the sermon, I think they're all pretty familiar, that we are to be salt and light, that's in chapter 5, verse 13 to 16, that we are to settle matters quickly in verse 23 of chapter 5, we're to avoid lust in verse 28 of 5, we're to love our enemies in 543, we're not to worry in 625, and we're not to judge others in 71. And that's just a sampling. There are many other things that Jesus is saying uh, that we should pay attention to and we should put in practice in the Sermon on the Mount. But there are many things there that we need to uh, devote our attention to, not only in hearing them, but also in doing them. Now, I think that the reasons uh, these are some of the hardest verses in Scripture, this, this verse about uh, not only hearing but doing. One of the, a couple of the reasons this is so difficult to put in practice is, first of all, our tendency to be students of Scripture and not actually practitioners of Scripture. I think that we all face this. As, as a pastor and as a preacher, I face this because I study a lot of Scripture, and I really struggle to put in place everything that I learn in Scripture. Maybe you find the same thing in your life. We have to be very intentional about actually practicing what we preach, what we say, what we know is the will of God. Education can, in fact, become addictive. Uh, We can just absorb more and more and more education and be very happy with that and apply less and less and less. But it's not a lack of information that causes the house to crash. It's a lack of participation or it's a lack of action in what Jesus is asking us to do. A second reason I think that these verses are some of the toughest verses in Scripture is that we are easily overwhelmed with the details and fail to keep our mind 
on the focus, the main focus of Scripture. We live in an age of information. Uh, we can easily become overloaded and bogged down. During this COVID period, I've heard of people who listen to five sermons every Sunday. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of information to take in. And when we take in a lot of information and we don't practice it, it very easily becomes, we become overwhelmed, bogged down. We, we don't do anything with the information. We just file it away. We just sort it away and we just continue to live our lives of, as we've always lived them. And I would like to remind everybody about the KISS principle. You're probably familiar with that. The KISS principle is keep, keep it simple, stupid. And uh, I think that really applies to all of the overwhelming information that we receive from Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, all of the information in the Sermon on the Mount. We need to just keep coming back to Jesus and keep Jesus the center. Keep thinking about him, thinking about uh, the, what he believed and what he taught us to believe, how he taught us to live. Keep coming back to Jesus. Keep it simple and don't become overwhelmed with all the information that's out there on the internet and all the, the sermons that you can access and the great material that's out there to uh, read, to watch, to all the podcasts, everything else. We need to keep it simple and put in practice particularly those things as we focus on Jesus. The third reason I think that uh, these verses are, are tough to put in place and tough to obey is that often when it's not raining, we forget about the rain. We procrastinate. We avoid the need for hard week, work. I, I remember one time leaking our roof, and uh, the only time I'd think about the leak is when the roof was leaking, when it was raining. And I'd go up and, and, and putz around a little bit on the roof and, and think that I found the leak and, and patch a little bit, and, and then I'd come down and say, yeah, look at that, it's, it's fixed. And my wife would say, but it's not raining. <laughs> and then when it rained again, Oh, there's the leak again, and, and away I go. But, but between rainstorms, between the, I, I would forget it. why I didn't go up on a nice dry day and figure it out is beyond me, but it's so easy to procrastinate uh, when it's not raining, when the pressure's not on, just to relax and, 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 and not to be involved in, in preparing for the rainy day. You see, each of the builders, the one that was wise and the one that was foolish, the one that built on the rock and the one that built on the sand, had equal information, equal opportunity, equal materials, but they had an unequal work ethic. You see, it's, it's far harder to build on the rock than it is to build on the sand. I don't know if you've ever uh, even dug fence posts, but when you hit rock, uh, it becomes really tough work. You, you have to dig down. Sometimes you have to get a jackhammer, a jackhammer the rock out of the place. Very rarely, if you're building a house on uh, a rock, uh, would you find it completely flat. You're going to have to uh, do something in order to flatten it, in order to get your building in place. Uh, sand's easy to deal with. You just rake it out. Remember, one of my earliest memories, my dad was building a church next door to us, and it was in Nova Scotia, and there's a, it was built on granite rock. And in order to get the basement uh, dug, they had to blast. 
And I remember watching the guys on the jackhammers uh, drilling holes and then putting the dynamite down the holes. And then they put rope covers on them and then boom, they'd blow it up and clear away the rubble and away they'd go again. One of my earliest memories, I was about five or six years old watching that happen and being fascinated by the process. But it was a lot of work to build on rock. And so what, what Jesus is saying is that we need to pay attention and we need to work hard in order to build our house so that it will last, so that when the storms come, when the rains come, and they always come, we'll be prepared. Well, here are some keys that we need to keep in mind. When, when we move from simply studying to actually being practitioners, and I liken this from, to uh, moving from uh, being in school to becoming part of the workforce. Do you remember when you graduated, maybe you graduate from high school or you graduate university and you get your first full-time job? Uh, there are a number of things that, that uh, are keys as we move from our, the education or the formal education part of our lives to moving into the workforce. And the, and the first thing is this, uh, we need to consider ourselves to have graduated. I think graduation ceremonies are important. I think they are kind of like um, milepost signs in our lives. We say, yeah, I've completed that part of my life. Now I'm going to move on. I'm not going back. I'm moving on, and things are going to be different. And I think for a follower of Jesus, uh, salvation is kind of like our graduation into the workforce, so to speak, or water baptism is a good sign of that as well. And all of us, no matter how long we've known the Lord, we are in the place where we're no longer simply students. We're part of the workforce. We're part of those who are apprenticed to follow Jesus, to put in practice what he's taught us. Secondly, we need to realize that it will take time to sort what we have learned when we move from school to the workforce. And uh, during school times or during our study times, we learn a lot of information. And some of it will be immediately relevant and some of it will be irrelevant with the current job that we have, and perhaps we we'll, won't use it till later. And, and some of the information is kind of right now, I can put it in place, I can practice what I've learned, and some of the information will be such that we'll never use it, we'll never come across the problem that they talked about in school. And as a seminary professor, I, I often contemplated in, and heard students talk uh, later after graduation, oh, the things I didn't learn in seminary, oh, the things that I didn't learn in school. That's always the case. Uh, there's always a sorting. There will always be new information that you need to, to get a hold of. And uh, after you graduate, after you move from simply being a student to be a practitioner, you learn that experience becomes your new professor. Uh, you don't have someone standing up in front of the class uh, that you take notes from that's, that's writing on a board or is projecting on a PowerPoint. Rather, experience becomes your best teacher and you're learning from your hands-on involvement in whatever you're doing. Well, practice makes perfect. Have you heard that expression? I've often used it. My wife reminds me, because she's a music teacher, practice does, does not make perfect. You have to practice the right way. Uh, if you practice your mistakes, it doesn't make you perfect. It makes you simply more entrenched in poor behavior. 
And so uh, with the Sermon on the Mount or with all of Scripture, we need to put it in practice. This is what enables us to continue to be the people of God, to live out our lives in, in, uh, according to the principles of Scripture, but we must practice it the right way. We must learn, understand, and put it in practice. We need also to look for opportunities to practice what we know. We need to seek out opportunities to, well, to be salt and to be light and to, to be forgiving and to be gracious and, and to uh, uh, care for uh, of others who perhaps even are enemies and, and not to judge. We need to look for opportunities and, and stand up and, and act as Jesus has called us to act. And, and we also need to keep it simple. I think we can become overwhelmed very easy with all the information that we receive. We need to keep it simple. And of course, we need to work at it. This takes time. It takes energy. Uh, you can't coast through your uh, relationship, your discipleship, through your practice of your faith. It takes work. This is a good opportunity for us to pause and to pray and ask the Lord to help us as we endeavor to put in practice what Jesus has talked to us about and not simply be stalkers of Jesus, to be studiers of Jesus, but to be practitioners of what Jesus taught. Let's pray. So Father, thank you for your word for us. We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us for many times we are tempted to simply gather more information about you. Um, you're exciting. You lived a wonderful life. Uh, you um, strike us as, as so holy and so beautiful that, that we're, we're at times so fascinated by you and by your word. Help us, Lord, not simply to watch you, your life, and to study it, but, Lord, to put it into practice, because we know that this is what builds a firm foundation for our lives, so that when the storm comes, when the difficult moments come, we will stand firm. So, Lord, forgive us for at times we gather way more information than we need, and we do it, don't put it in practice. And help us, Lord, instead to intentionally seek out ways to put into practice what you've told us, what you've instructed us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. There's a question that we're going to ask you to ponder for the next minute or so. And the question is this. What is one thing you can focus on this week to build a solid foundation? Ponder on that. Music will be playing in the background, and I'll come back with a concluding comment. I've learned that formal education is really about learning how to learn. Formal education can't give us everything we need to learn in order to succeed in the workforce. Formal education uh, basically trains us so that we know how to learn when we encounter the new difficulties. I remember talking to a a fellow who was an engineer, he ran an engineering firm, and he was talking about new engineers graduating from university and coming into his firm, and he was saying, you know what, what I really need to know is that they're able, they're capable of learning, because when they get into this firm, the specialized work that we're doing, we're going to have to retrain them. And what I want their education, their formal education to have done is to prepare them to learn so that when they get here, they can pick up what we're saying and they can put it in practice and they can learn the skills for the occupation that they're now being becoming involved with. I think education should help us to be able to say to ourselves, hey, I know I can learn. It should tell us that I know where to go 
to find help. If, if I don't know the answer, at least now I know where to go to find help. I'm familiar with the fundamentals and therefore I can work this out. And it's the same way with following Jesus. Uh, reading scripture uh, will give us the building blocks. It will give us the foundation by which we learn to grow and to love others and to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. So that's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that uh, your study of Scripture, your involvement in the teaching of the Word of God would prepare you not only to know, not only to um, hear the Word, but to put it into practice. Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.